they walk up, they are pelted by cans from the pop machine, which is an impressive pop machine to <laughs> chuck them out the door. Right. <laughs> You're asking for the best agents for some unknown attack. Right. Uh, I, it just did not make sense to me. I was actually impressed that now we have a pilotless jackhammer. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000, 80 screw skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, Agents, to MassCast 70 and another exciting episode review of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series. Coming up, we will take a look at episode 54, Fog on Boulder Hill, which will include our normal play-by-play commentary along with audio clips mixed in from the actual episode. And, of course, we'll stop and give our impressions and little mini reviews at the halfway point and then at the conclusion of the episode we'll give our final verdict and along with our one to five scale rating then we'll turn the floor over to our listeners and announce the results of our poll and also read back a couple reviews that were left for this episode you can always do that at agentsofmask.com and look in that right hand column and you'll find the mask cast assignment click on the picture and you're over to the embedded video and We'll see our poll, and you can leave a comment so you can uh, participate in these episode reviews. Uh, don't have too many more of these left, actually, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Fog on Boulder Hill was originally broadcast on December 12, 1985 in the United States and features Venom after an older woman who is in possession of some $20 bill printing plates. Hungry to print some counterfeit money, Mayhem and his thugs attempt to kidnap the woman who is protected by Matt Tracker and the Mask Agents. The pursuit leads to an epic battle between the factions at Boulder Hill. I'm Jason, one of your hosts of Mask Cast, and along with me, as always, is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the Eddie Spencer, to my Jake Kong. Let's go! Mr. Wyatt, have you seen any ghosts lately? Yeah, it scares me to death. <laughs> we just actually reviewed that. If any of you are fans of ours, mm-hmm. on the other entity, we do a series called Rediscovered over on Rediscovered the 80s. And we just actually covered that episode as just going down it. And hence why Jason probably picked it, because we're running thin on the... <laughs> 
on the his two yeah. uh, whatever. So it's it's kind of funny that you posted it up. But I, I will focus you over there to listen and watch that. But uh, yeah, it was funny to rewatch and be truly rediscovering that whole series. Yeah, filmation Ghostbusters, of course, is what we're talking about, and it was really eye-opening. Uh, mainly the the voice acting. Um, I, I shouldn't be surprised, but you know, we went back, we reviewed the first five episodes, which was essentially like a mini-series, and to learn that Optimus Prime himself, Peter Cullen, voiced a, a slew of different characters, uh, different accents, and it was great to just kind of understand, wow, he can do a lot more than just Optimus Prime, you know? <laughs> I think we've commented probably more so on Rediscovered, uh, maybe mm-hmm. even on uh, our memory jogger, where uh, his name escapes me, the guy that does Megatron. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> I had him on the tip of my tongue when I said it, too. Frank Welker. Frank Welker. Yeah. We sit there and think how diverse he is because... He did a slew of voices, and it's, I mean, it, he almost ranges the spectrum vocally. Yeah, he's the king. And we hear typically the deeper voice of Peter Cullen trying mm. to pull off one shell stand, one shell fall, or even uh, Ironhide with his little, we'll, we'll sizzle his transistors, <laughs> a little bit of country twang in there. Right, but, right. Um, we don't see him doing Eddie who's a bumbling idiot basically mm-hmm. scaredy cat and then we uh, uh, he does the the haunter mm-hmm. which is kind of the, the a, a British type of ghost yeah. hunter and uh, the and the bad guy sense and uh, by Jove sir we will we, catch those ghostbusters mm-hmm. you know just it, it was it's fascinating how diverse we talk about Doug Stone in fact how diverse he was. I mean, he went from from playing, obviously, a, a white character, white uh, role. He played uh, a black role there in, in Mask with, jeez, um, my... Hondo. Hondo. <laughs> and then it's been got, a while. It's okay. <laughs> it's been a too long. Then we got Bruce. You know, he's playing an Asian. Talked about playing, doing a lot of anime roles back in the day. So mm-hmm. he did just a slew of ethnicities and races, and it's cool that he can pull that off. Yeah. I don't think I can pull off much more than my country twang, and that's about as far <laughs> as I can get to it. But yeah, yeah, that, that was really fun to see. And yeah, head over to the Rediscover the Eighties podcast and and check out episode five of Rediscovered, where we talk about the series, break it all down, and it was cool. I I, I was a little worried because I. Again, we had not, you know, watched episodes in a long time, and I, I should have known since it is filmation and, and our love of Masters of the Universe and He Man, uh, even Shira to some extent, that it was still in that level of quality. And it, sure, it's got its own little quirks and and stuff while you're watching. Uh, like we mentioned, filmation loves to rehash the same sequences with different backgrounds, you know, but. It was still a, a fun watch and would recommend everybody going over to the YouTube channel called The Original Ghostbusters and check it out. Because uh, most, if not all, of the episodes are there. And you can't get the DVDs anymore, so it's good they posted them there. <laughs> right. 
So, yeah, that was fun. So go check that out, and uh, we'll keep moving right along. We'll get our mask on. Get your mask on. I just feel so out of touch, man. We haven't talked a lot. We haven't talked masking forever. But have you seen this new mask comic series done by this fan, Carol Wack? It is very interesting. I was a little... I should have been more open-minded, but Mm -hmm. after seeing that series that we were all anticipating for, I was a little disheartened with with the the last series of the mass comic that just got published. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was okay. The multi-universe. I mean, we've talked at length, especially with Bill Ferris. Mm -hmm. But this one is actually, I would say, a lot closer to what we remember. Obviously, Absolutely. it's his unique take on it and what he would like to see. But I thought it was a lot a lot truer to the original. That's the right way I'm I'm trying to think of it. Truer mm-hmm. to the original comic or the cartoon than this this one that Hasbro, a.k.a. Um, oh, what was the published? I, IDW, yeah. Yeah, IDW pulled. Uh, it was, yeah. The fan, was, did better, yeah. the fan did better than the other one. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and that's what we were we even talked about that when that comic, uh, the the first comic for IDW came out. That wouldn't it be nice to get another series going that was more the classic version, mm-hmm. and not the kind of updated real world or real time version of Mask to be going at the same time. Well, we never got that. We got little hints of it here and there as we're you know reading through the story and. Obviously, it was a new story, new origin story, and how it all integrated with Transformers, G.I. Joe, like you mentioned. And they even had a little spinoff First Strike series after that ended that was still multi-universe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this was just kind of... It, the the style, obviously, was was new and modern and, and great, Um but you still had the classic schemes and it was very colorful classic designs of the vehicles and masks, uh, everything that we're just wanting in a, in something like that, that we can easily identify with and it takes us back more than kind of the more updated designs of vehicles and, and so forth. But yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It was fun. They put some little cameos in there and, you know, we had Scott and T Bob show up for a minute, or or T Bob at least, and then uh, he he put the uh, what's his face from the Breakfast Club in there uh, at the school with Hondo Bender. Uh, that was fun, and it was just fun, man. That, that that's what I kind of walked away from it. It was it was a fun four issues yeah. to read and and just visually appealing. So. I very much applaud him for his work. Uh, we've talked a little bit, you know, kind of direct messaging back and forth, but he would be one I'd want to get on the show, you know, sometime in the near future, just to kind of get his motivation and everything behind uh, doing a fan comic, I, you know, coming up with a story. And I, I don't know if he did the whole story and design and coloring. I think he did have some help with uh, putting it all together, but still, I mean, for doing something for free, this was awesome. (laughs) Hats off to Kara Wack on that one. 
And you can find those four issues up on our site, over on Bill's site, matttracker.com. Really cool. Um, we had some sad news just this past week. Um, voice director Stu Rosen of uh, Mask and of many other shows back in the day, he passed away. I believe he was 80 years old. I got to quickly message uh, a few of the Mask voice actors that I was friends with on Facebook and see if they could get a, a little sentence or two about them. Uh, Doug was quick to put up on his Facebook about his experience and, and everything offering his condolences. And so did, um, uh, Mark Halloran. So it obviously we're, we're all getting older. Uh, yeah. mask is now coming up on its what? 35th anniversary, uh, next year. So 34 this year. So, uh, everybody involved with it is not getting much younger. <laughs> and no, us who no. watched it as kids were in our 40s. It's just the the circle of life, as they say. But, um, yeah, it was just sad. And just looking back, it got a, me a chance to look back at his career and how he got involved. Uh, he has had a, a, a kid's show that he started back in the, I think, early 70s. That was pretty popular, and that pushed him into a little bit of voice acting and directing. Uh, he was involved with Fraggle Rock and a, a slew of other cartoons, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Uh, I can't remember uh, all the other ones off the top of my head. but there was, a, there was a bunch that he was involved in. I was yeah. really surprised. Yeah, and so I, I reached out to the people there, got that fun picture that, that Doug shared with us. I think it was about a year ago of uh, it was some kind of after party after they had, uh, you know, finished up mask for the day or something. And Stu and uh, all, pretty much all the voice actors were there in the picture. And that was uh, really fun to see. So, uh, yeah, check out that article on our website. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about Stu Rosen and his career. And then j- just a quick plug, too, for... Bill and Behind the Mask, uh, God bless him. I don't know how many episodes he's up to now, but he is really carrying the torch uh, pretty much for the whole Mask community. We haven't been you know, recording much this year, but man, he has been pumping out some episodes seemingly every week <laughs> and, and really just diving into episodes, his own collection. He goes off track a little bit on other cartoons and uh, just... Random stuff, uh, some of the toys and, and weird uh, knockoff toys that he has in his collection. So uh, big ups to Bill. Go over there to matttracker.com and especially his YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. He's really putting out some fun stuff for the community. And uh, I got a quick message, too, from Scott Crawford, who runs the Mass Comics blog. And he had put up on his page this movie poster it had uh, two act. I can't remember who they had for Matt Tracker. They had Pierce Brosnan for Miles Mayhem, which I thought was an interesting call. But it was just, a, I guess, an old poster that somebody had put together a while back. He put it up there, and boom, it just took off, and everybody was sharing, and it got some really, uh, some really good buzz around it. So, yeah, I mean, see, that it just kind of proved to me that the the fans are really want that movie, man. We do <laughs> want it so bad. 
forgive us because we haven't been on the mask scene as much this year. Just uh, uh, tons of things going on with us in our personal lives, especially me. But that aside, I mean, we are still just head over heels about masks. We don't want to to fade off into the sunset, as it were. Uh, right. We still have our own ambition of seeing our script up on the screen. At least I do. <laughs> but we still like to see a mask movie come to fruition. We'd like to see, heck, the the comics. I mean, Jason and I have talked off and on about putting our own fan comic, turning our script into a fan comic, and just having fun with it and seeing what how it goes. If if it would if if we'd find yeah. out it was going to be a dud or a success anyway, you know. So uh, <laughs> it. And Jason stole my thunder. I was going to plug Bill, so that's what I get. <laughs> that's what I get. But uh, Bill has been churning them out. Uh, he's up to, I think I saw a season three, like mm, yeah. in the 20s of episodes. I, I yeah. don't know how he's carrying the seasons, if he's doing a yearly thing as a season or if it's like TV, you know, fall, spring, winter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he's carrying that, that season title. But nonetheless, he's just pumping them out. And uh, good on him. He's been really <laughs> carrying our side in a way, manner of speaking because, uh, like I said, we've we've just been absent. Uh, yeah. Well, not purposely. <laughs> right. It it's it, we go through seasons ourselves. You know, just pick up mask for a while, and we kind of put it down. We're onto this or that, and sometimes we got to put everything down for a while and just step away and recharge the batteries, uh, take care of you know family and and all that stuff that we've got going on. So. As much as we love to do it, it's just not uh sometimes not in the cards, as they say, to yeah. to get on there. But you know, we're working through that. We're trying to get back into a regular schedule to at least get one of these out. I would say a month. But um, we're also not too far away from the end. We've got we're up to what fifty four episode fifty four in this episode, and there's seventy five. So yeah. Do the math. <laughs> one left. It's it's been a it's been an awesome journey. It, it really has going yeah. through these and. I'm um, trying to remember the year of when we started this. I want to say we were on year seven. I of think Masscast. so. I mean, obviously, it's not a complete year, especially this year, but we're on year seven of Masscast. We feel like we're going down a bunny trail, but uh, just humor me. We started the podcast as well as the website as a way to reach out to Hasbro without having to foot stomp our way through L.A. trying to find it. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty it's been a great journey, and I love this. Uh, it's helped us, especially with our radio yeah. broadcasting that we still love to do. Heck, we were still masked the movie back in the beginning, you know, and it's funny now. I'm, I, if I go back and listen to one of the earlier episodes, I want to... You know, I want to <laughs> redo it as uh, Agents of Mask. And I guess that's kind of part of it with us doing the uh, Agents Watching Mask little clips. Starting back from the beginning, we get to kind of go back through and review those first few episodes. And hopefully uh, in about a month, I'll be up there and we can do some more of those Agents Watching Mask episodes and... And kind of start back from the beginning, too, because, you know, like I said, now that we're seven years removed from starting and we were 
a different, we called ourselves by a different name and everything back then. And we were using, uh, I can't remember what podcast service we were using, but we were limited to like 30 or 40 minutes. So we were kind of Skype. We started out with Skype and uh, Pamela, but the free version of Pamela was only a 20 minute free clip of recording. So Jason had to record like three or four sets of, of Pamela to make make one whole, and that was just the audio podcast. We didn't do video. Uh, I want to say it was uh, year three or so is when we decided or Mm -hmm. figured out Google Hangouts and we could do video. Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout was our host. Yeah. And we were limited to so much time per, Mm -hmm. I think it was per month. Yeah. Something like that. We couldn't go over like two hours a month or something for the free version. But anyway, so here we are. We've kind of figured it out and we can record as long as we want to. (laughs) (laughs) Or until you guys get bored of us talking about rabbit trail. That's why we started up memory jog to try to cure that. Yeah. Yeah, get the rabbit trails into a podcast instead of always running down them on this one. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, I, I guess that's going about do it. Unless you had anything else you wanted to share, as far as get your mask on or anything nope. else going on. No, that's. I think about it. I think we should get it on and let's start the mask cast. <laughs> So we cut right into a car journeying through the Valley of the Gods, a.k.a. Airwolf's Lair. I had to pull that out because that's what I saw. <laughs> With the car overheating and pulling into the Boulder Hill gas station. Buddy walks right up to the woman and tells her not to turn it off or it will crack the block. Can you open the hood? I really don't know. I, I just got this car, you see. It's the first time I've driven it. Would you mind if I had a look? Oh, certainly, certainly. I'm afraid I don't know very much about cars. Upon opening the hood with the steam kind of surrounding Buddy, he calls out to Scott to bring him the hose. And it takes him a couple seconds to for Scott to appear. Like, did Scott hear me? I mean, that's how <laughs> I took it. So we see Cleopatra the poodle sees Scott and begins to bark with Scott recognizing her as Mrs. Simpson, who used to babysit him. Scott Tracker, my, how you've grown. And Mr. Tracker. It has been a long time, Mrs. Simpson. And this is T-Bob. Nice doggy. Good doggy. But he deduces that the water pump is cracked and he'll need to drive into town to purchase a new one. But he turns around to clean up, I think. At least that's what it looked like. With Matt suggesting that Buddy could drop her off at her house. Mrs. Simpson invites Scott to come along with him, asking her, both her and Matt, if he can go. They all climb into Firecracker's single cab, <laughs> with T-Bob asking what he should do. You stay here and mind the station while we're gone, T-Bob. Mind the station? Some job! They go have the fun while I sit here and be bored! And that's when they <laughs> drive down the road. Right, and uh, Miss Simpson there asks Scott if... She should make fudge for him like she used to when he was little. Of course, he agrees to that. And about that time, Buddy like spins off the road. And we see Outlaw, Jackhammer, Manta, and Piranha speed by them in the other direction. It's better. Such rude drivers. Someone should report them. Just what I'm thinking, Mrs. Simpson. 
but he agrees and opens the onboard computer screen, which I, I didn't know Firecracker had one of these, but I, I guess since Thunderhawk does, they, you know, all the vehicles should have some kind of screen that pops up or, you know. What I was surprised about is that it mimics Thunderhawk. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, on yeah. the passenger side, where we would call the glove box, that's where yeah. it's at, which is where Thunderhawk is. I thought that was a pretty interesting. Yeah, and you know, Mrs. Simpson doesn't say anything about how do you have a computer in your vehicle? Yeah, really, especially back in the eighties. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he sends a message back to Boulder Hill that they've got company coming with a capital V, and this is where we see T. Bob. He is outside with the hose when uh, Boulder Hill begins to convert. What's happening? Then fog starts to like mm-hmm. billow up from this. Uh, I don't know. It was like the uh, an opening in the ground, and the fog just kind of comes up, uh, giving Boulder Hill cover. Yeah, I thought uh, of them as like basically like a steam vent of some sort. Yeah, right. And there was a a little bit of a mistake there, where there was that building shot of the fog coming up, and then the converted boulder hill is shown from a distance there's like no fog there but yep. well anyway. it's actually they had um they had the gas station and, and then they had the fog that's when right, it should yes. have been when it should have been they converted you know that's armor right. plated let's take some action boulder yeah hill. it had converted and then it showed it yep. at the regular station that's what it was yep anyway so <laughs> t-bob is banging on the garage door to let him in as venom approaches and the fog is all around and Dagger's wondering where they are. I think there's something up ahead. Whatever it is, I'll take care of it. Yikes! Help! Would somebody please tell me what's going on? Ouch! The gas pump guns turn to fire. One momentarily disappears, if you noticed, as it transforms. I missed that. Or, yeah, it, it just like, like they forgot to put it back know, up. There. The anim- yeah. Well, like the slide, the animation slide, yeah. film, or whatever they do, they they forgot that. Anyway, one of which hits Manta and seems to stun Vanessa, like it's a more like a lightning bolt. There's the Boulder Hill cannon that pops a lid, and it kind of just falls off the side of the hill. It doesn't even like right. hinge. And we see Matt in the cannon rising up with him saying, I'll give them something to think about. And he blasts a crater in the middle of the road with Miles screaming and Outlaw falling right in. Return fire, you chicken head! At what? And then the fog just seems to get thicker, at least that's how I Mm -hmm. saw it. And then Rax seems to be aimlessly firing again and asking, where's the enemy? Now we see the billboard guns shoot out lifter beams, which was kind of cool. And it lifts Rax and Piranha and then just kind of drops them right back to the ground while T-Bob is trying to keep a low profile. A blast goes by with Rax complaining that, That's me you're shooting at, you pinhead! Pull back! Get out of there! 
I thought we were after that old Simpson lady. It wasn't at her house. Well, she sure isn't here. Now, come on. Powerhouse off. Nash using the powerhouse mask, which gives him the incredible strength to push Outlaw out of this crater. What I did notice in that little tiny scene mm -hmm. is the seatbelt. As he's being pushed, you see it actually moving. Like it's oh, really? swaying, which is pretty cool. Um, huh. But then Venom ends up leaving the area with the fog being turned off and Boulder Hill changing back into its regular everyday gas station. That takes us inside. Yep. T-Bob walks in the front door and then into the what I call the war room with uh, Matt and Bruce there telling them, this is the last time I watched the station. <laughs> he was locked out and almost blasted. That is easy. I will fix you up with a couple of lasers, maybe a radar probe. Not on your microchips. If I had weapons, you'd expect me to fight Venom. Sometimes the best defense is to avoid the battle. Bruce asks what Matt thinks, and he says if T-Bob is their first line of defense, they better call backup. He asks uh, the Boulder Hill computer for the best agents for analysis of unknown offensive by Venom. I was like, what? <laughs> so you're asking for the best agents for some unknown attack. Right. Uh, I, that just did not make sense to me. But anyway, we get uh, Julio Lopez as the uh, cryptography analysis specialist, I think is what they say. Alex Sector as the computer and communications expert, and Bruce Sato is pre-selected. And I was like, well, what about Buddy? They didn't, uh, they didn't yeah, include really. Buddy. He should have been pre-selected too, you know, or something. I was like, man, <laughs> doesn't even get uh, announced by the computer. They should just write him out of the you know, story from now. <laughs> anyway, after they are assembled, we get back to uh, Alex not being able to find anything on Venom, surprisingly. Dashed if I can find any correlation of current Venom activities and their attack on us. Venom wouldn't attack us for nothing. They must have been after something. They were after Mrs. Simpson. Rack said so. What? <laughs> that dotty old lady? Alex seemed equally confused as to why they would target her, but Matt thinks it's worth investigating. So Matt asks the computer for information on Mrs. Clara Simpson. And it spits out she's age 70, retired, widowed, a retired school teacher, lives alone on Wyndham Road. And then we see the printout. I took note that, you know, the printout on the screen is not words. It's just blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, which I thought was, I, I liked it as a, it's ambiguous because of the, where all the countries that this got distributed to. Back in the day, I would have said, well, why didn't they put, you know, Wyndham Row? Why didn't they put right. her age and all this stuff? But it makes sense as we're adults. In other words, quite stunningly unimportant. Venom didn't seem to think so. If Venom knows that much, they'll know where she lives. And Scott's there. Mask, calling Firecracker. Buddy, where are you? Right here. I just got back. And we actually see on the cameras, which is really cool, that he's pulling into Boulder Hill. Matt asks where Scott and Mrs. Simpson were, but he replies that he had dropped them off at her house, thinking they'd be safe there. Matt replies that Venom's headed there. The masked vehicles exit with T-Bob asking again, what about him? 
So Buddy says to watch the station. And then peels out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and the next scene was really cool. We get to see those uh, transformation sequences with uh, Thunderhawk and Firefly as they fly overhead with Rhino and Firecracker driving below. And we get over to Mrs. Simpson's house. We see the Venom vehicles parked outside. The uh, dog is barking. The dog was always barking in this episode. Mm -hmm. And her fudge getting knocked over from the stove. Mayhem and Gory approach Scott, who has a mop in his hand. I guess trying to fend him off. And, of course, the dog is still barking. Mm -hmm. Scott tells her to run. And she opens the door to find Rax and Vanessa. Mayhem grabs Scott and Rax grabs her, asking, where is her car? <laughs> All right, lady, where's the car? Take your dirty hands off me, young man. I'll help you, boss. Get in there, you brat! Mayhem tosses Scott and the barking poodle into a closet. The door is then wedged shut with the mop and a chair. Then they take Mrs. Simpson away with the stove still on. Mm -hmm. Venom is heard driving away outside as the stove then catches fire. Smoke comes into the closet from underneath there, and Scott starts coughing. Something must have caught fire! And then we see the whole kitchen now kind of engulfed in flames as Scott is heard coughing and we fade to our dramatic commercial break. So here we are. We're halfway through. What are your impressions so far? Well, right now I'm enjoying the animation. It's been better than what it has been in the past. I like that they had a little confrontation right at the beginning. We got to see some really cool, I'll call it add-ons to Boulder Hill. Because we always assumed that it was just lasers and a big cannon up on the boulder cannon, we call mm -hmm. it sometimes. I really didn't realize that there was a lifter set of guns in the in the billboard. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was just more lasers. So that was actually kind of cool to see as well. The fire scene was a good cliffhanger because you got you know Scott stuck in that uh, closet trying to get out. The the house is getting engulfed. Must have been some spicy fudge to catch fire, I'll tell you, though. <laughs> um, what I was disappointed with right now is the a couple little blunders in the animation. Like I said about the uh, gas pump laser disappeared, then reappeared. The fog scene where you see they're looking at the, the Boulder Hill. It mm -hmm. should have been transformed, but instead it was the gas station model. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know if you noticed it, but I noticed what was once a mop turned into a broom when they were locked in the closet. Yeah, it was weird just seeing a, what I don't know what it was wedged up against to hold the door shut. You know, you think of like putting a, a, a broom handle or a mop handle through a, one of those handles that's actually you can grab with your hand mm -hmm. and not a doorknob, but it was just a doorknob. So <laughs> that's it. <Yeah>. Whatever. <laughs> but, but really, that was my. My synopsis, I gave it a rating of 4.5. I only knocked it down a half a point just because of the little the little tweaks. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot better than what we've endured in the last few episodes anyway. How about you? What, what are you thinking? I'm going to kind of disagree. <laughs> you always seem to. I don't know how. Well, to... I just, 
and it's you know obviously we get the synopsis before we go into watching these so we know a little bit about what's coming up but you know the drama setup was good for the the halftime or the the commercial break but for me it was still a little anticlimactic knowing that mask was on the way to her house so we know essentially they're going to be there in time to save Scott in some way and and get him out of there at least that's what I was thinking. So I kind of enjoy when we get that drama at the break and we're not sure what's going to happen. How are they going to get out of this? There's no real clear vision to uh, to what's going to happen next. So yeah, it didn't quite happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. But still, we knew Mask was kind of on the way to help Scott. Um, I don't know. I was kind of bored with the story. Why would Venom want an old woman in her car? You know, it just needed a little bit more of a tease at the beginning. Um, and maybe that was part of the plan. Well, we we're not going to reveal anything, but that Venom's after this old woman. <laughs> but I don't know. I just seem there's more exciting stories that we've watched before. True. It was obviously nice to see Boulder Hill and the conversion, but. It was the the battle was kind of weird, just with the fog barrier and Rax is just blasting into something that he has no idea what is on the other side or who could be there. Or, I don't know. You would think that coming up the road, they would kind of know where they're at and what was up there. But I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me. I, I just prefer the straight up fight, you know, or battle scene. Um, I like those transformation sequences with the vehicles, but it seemed kind of slow too. I don't know if you noticed this or not, especially with Firefly when it was coming up over that crest of that road. And then it, you know, turns into the jet. Mm -hmm. It just seemed a little slow to me. Wanted that a little bit faster. So overall I was just, eh, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm middle of the road. I'm three out of five. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is going to turn out. (laughs) Well, I, you know, and again, like I, I knew there was stuff coming. There had to be some stuff coming. And the fact that we've got a lot of agents too, on both sides. Now you've got like four and four, it's like a fair fight. So that, that was interesting to me that, you know, sometimes Venom only has two or three vehicles and this time they've got four and mask has four. So it should be a more of a fair fight, so to speak. (laughs) Right. Anyway, coming out of the break. Yeah, we got Scott, who is worried that they'll never get out, but he turns and is surprised that Cleo has lifted up a door on the floor. He crawls in, then we are taken to the outside of the house with the fire. Now we see that this was a basically a crawl space where Scott is able to knock out a little screen and they get away. Wow! Talk about being in a tight place. <laughs> Scott attempts to put the fire out with a garden hose. <laughs> Saying at least it's better than nothing, but okay. I guess so. And notices mask flying over. We then cut to the cliffside with the Venom theme playing. The little house cabin. All right, lady, what'd you do with your new car? I won't tell you a thing. Don't you ever bathe? You're filthy. Ah! Oh, 
miss your match, Rax. We know you got that car from the used car dealer in Boulder Hill. And here's where I guess we all, we always called it Boulder Hill, right? But mm-hmm. why was it called Boulder Hill? Well, the assumption is because it's up against Boulder type of hill. Mm-hmm. Now we find out it's a town. So right. at least we now know there's a town called Boulder Hill. Uh, anyway, Mrs. Simpson replies, it's none of their business. Miles chuckles, saying, she'll talk. We have ways. <laughs> and that's when we cut back to the blaze with Julio running up, saying, Stinger, fire extinguisher on, which is kind of cool. It's better than the gum glue or whatever it was the last <laughs> right. time. Yeah. Uh, we see Buddy battling the blaze with a garden hose and Bruce using lifter to give him a better angle. Lifter on! After extinguishing the blaze, Matt walks out of the house saying there's no sign of her and thinks they've taken her. Well, no kidding. I'm going to stop you for a second because did you notice like the lifter effect was new right here? Yes. I did notice that. And it was, uh, it was kind of a new sound effect too, or at least a different one that we're used to. But I liked, uh, I liked the way that it was used at least. It's kind of dumb. He's just lifting them up to spray the hose on top of the building, but it was, it was, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Then Alex says that Scott, has a wonderful way of staying out of trouble. Of course, Scott thinks he's already being scolded, so he begins to explain that it wasn't his fault while we see Rax racing down the road. Alex takes Scott, and they, along with Matt, hide behind Rhino. Rax shoots out the tires of the mask vehicles, then turns around and uses the stiletto mask. Of course, there's no instruction here. And then Matt attempts to run around Rhino, but ends up jumping under Rhino for cover. Cleo begins chasing Rax and barks. Then Rax then uh, picks up the dog and races away. And this leaves our team a little bit confused. Yeah, I mean, Rax was efficient for once. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't he- get flung off the bike. <laughs> no, he was just blasting the crap out of those vehicles, and you see him take out tires and just put as many shots as he can into them, grabs the dog, and heads down the road. Well, by this time, the agents kind of survey the broken-down vehicles with Alex wondering what that was all about. Buddy is puzzled that they wanted the lady in the first place, but why the freaking dog? <laughs> he didn't say freaking, but... yeah. I just embellished a little bit there. Bruce pops the hood on Thunderhawk, which is smoking. Perhaps it is not the answer we need, but the proper question. How did Venom know Mrs. Simpson was at the bunker to begin with? How did they know the bunker was there, for that matter? Well, they wouldn't have come all that way to attack a gas station. Why not? Maybe you worked on Mayhem's car and he got the bill. A car? She told Rax she just got it. You wrote down the license number? This is it. I think at one point we talked about or there's been research or, or whatever that the 
Boulder Hill was called the bunker or something like mm-hmm. early on. So it, was, but... it apparently was carried over into some of the story writing too, because they call it the bunker here. Um, Matt asked Buddy if he had the uh, license plate number from the car. Well, then, since he does, Matt then asked the Rhino computer about the car license plate number, and Peter says it's owned by Clara Simpson of Boulder Hill, Nevada. So we got that Boulder Hill's in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Former owner, Ramsey Pugh in D.C. Matt asked for info on Ramsey Pugh, and the computer says he's a former employee of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. And allegedly stole printing plates for $20 bills. He was convicted and imprisoned, but the plates were never recovered. And then Matt just kind of gives a nod to Alex. Yep, this is what, you know, kind of Venom is after. And uh, just then we cut back to Venom. Rex pulls into the hideout, walks in with the dog. Cleopatra, you let her go, you, you dreadful man. We'll let her go, all right. Ah! Ah, get that little mutt off me. And he grabs a sack from a nearby table. Rex tries to lower the dog into it, and the dog bites him and tells Mayhem to get the mutt off him. And then we're taken a bit later outside, and Mayhem stands atop this huge cliff behind the hideout holding the sack with the dog over the edge and tells Mrs. Simpson to tell him where the car is or Cleopatra will go for a little swim. (laughs) I was like, wow, okay. She uh, finally relents and says the car is at the Boulder Hill gas station and Mayhem tells Rax and Dagger to bring them along as they may need some hostages. And he throws the sack to Rax and the dog, of course, bites him again from inside of the sack. And now we go back to uh, Mrs. Simpson's house with Mask in their broken vehicles. Right. While the team is fixing up their vehicles, Alex states that they cannot let Venom know how badly damaged they are. That's actually impressive that they finally get finally beat up Mask. You know, they never do. In fact, they get one or two shots and, you know, Miles scares away. And that's that whole end of the episode. Right. But my question... Yeah, it was, I mean, that was, I always like to, when the vehicles are damaged, they Mm -hmm. show damage. But my question here was, well, wouldn't Rax already know that he damaged them all up? I mean, (laughs) I know he was kind of in and out there, but I don't know. Uh, Maybe maybe he didn't know that they were uh, beyond repair or some of them, or like we see later that uh, Thunderhawk can't fly, you know. But I don't know. I was just kind of like... Rack should know that they're kind of on their heels and they need to rush them, you know? <laughs> That's it. Anyway, so while the team works on the vehicles, Matt is inside Rhino radioing T-Bob to find the engraving plates at the station. T-Bob, you've got to search Mrs. Simpson's car. There are engraving plates for $20 bills inside. Where inside? We don't know. You have to find them. Don't worry, T-Bob. We'll be there as soon as we can. Tell him not to hold his breath waiting for us. Underneath the car, T-Bob drains one of the fluids with his response being, Yuck, he'd rather fight Venom than do this. <laughs> Looking outside, he sees Venom roll up and he s- says, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. And I actually <laughs> laughed at that one. I did too. I did too. That was a good 
joke for once. Yep. As Venom stops, Rack states it should be a piece of cake. As they walk up, they are pelted by cans, cans from the pop machine, which is an impressive pop machine to chuck them out the door. <laughs> right. As opposed to Jason, you know, reaching up to get his Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. That's another Somebody, episode. Sorry. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dagger uses torch with no command to melt the machine. T-Bob runs into the garage, covering his head, then grabs and tosses a can of oil. It bursts open, and three of the Venom agents slip on it. I actually thought the anim- animation was pretty pretty good there for that mm-hmm. scene. Then we're taken inside Outlaw. Cleo bites the ropes off of Mrs. Simpson. Then we're cut right back inside. T-Bob is now chucking tools at Venom. Vanessa uses whip with the command, finally grabbing and flinging a bolt cutter out towards Mrs. Simpson. T-Bob continues his defensive by pulling down the tire rack, burying Dagger underneath. (laughs) Mrs. Simpson is clipping the tire valves off of all the Venom vehicles, then notices a can of pop and opens it, then pours it into Jackhammer's tank. Miles and Nash tug on T-Bob, who is now underneath the car, while he shouts, Help! Rax is checking under the seats for the mint plates. And then we are with Vanessa, who attempts to help Dagger. Then she hears Mask racing up. Look out! It's Mask! She runs outside to warn the others that Mask is coming. Inside Rhino now, Alex tells Scott to get down, with Scott complaining he won't be able to see anything if he's down. Well, uh, just about then, Jackhammer converts and we see its turret pointing towards mask starts firing one shot hits rhino's battering ram grill but doesn't do any damage uh thunderhawk's wings extend as bruce says from inside rhino now let's see if we can make venom think we aren't about to fall apart lift up he uses lifter to fly thunderhawk which takes out the jackhammer turret good thing dagger wasn't inside that's what uh, kind of got me. I like. I was actually impressed. Now we have a pilotless jackhammer. Well, they've showed it before, and have that they? was because I don't remember it being pilotless. Yeah, no, they've they've done it before because um, he's been in the cabin firing on people. I do remember that, but it was I don't know. It was just kind of weird there. Then we see uh, Mayhem is now on the Piranha bike, but it won't start or won't go. Uh, Vanessa tries to pull off in Manta, but can't because of a flat tire. Wonders what's going on. And then Rax finally finds the plates in the car. As he leaves the garage, T-Bob extends his legs from underneath the car, causing Rax to trip, and he loses the plate on the ground. It hits the ground and kind of skids on the oil that he spilled earlier and slides outside. And then Mayhem finally gets his piranha... (laughs) bike cranked runs over the plate and causes it to break into a thousand pieces you did it yourself firefly begins firing at them as rax grabs the sub not sure if he actually got inside by looking at the animation but the uh, vehicles kind of drive off in despair outlaw actually losing some wheels (laughs) that was kind of i don't know and we see Mrs. Simpson exits Boulder Hill, and Scott tells her, It's okay, Mrs. Simpson. Good gracious. More people in masks. And I, this just kind of bugged me to death. 
So she doesn't know who Mask is by, you know, because they got their masks on. They don't know it's Matt and Buddy and all the people that, you know, have been <laughs> around her this whole time. Buddy with his computer, you know, in the... <laughs> I don't know. I This has happened before that mm-hmm. Mask is mysterious. They don't know who these, these people are helping them. These strange masks, but... I don't know. Here we are. <laughs> this just doesn't set right with me. They should be able to recognize voices or anyway. Matt is then uh, like holding Cleopatra, the dog who is licking his arm. And she says, that's odd. She doesn't usually like strange people. Hmm. Maybe he's not a strange person underneath that mask. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce jokes to Matt that he's just about as a strange person as you can find. Matt interjects that it just goes to show you that she has good taste. And then uh, Cleopatra jumps from his arms to chase T-Bob as they have a good laugh. But this story's not over yet. We're taken back to the Tracker Mansion. And Mrs. Simpson is sitting on the couch with Matt, Buddy, and Scott. And wishes the nice people that saved her could have came to have tea with them. <laughs> Matt says it's uh, it's the thought that counts. She remarks, And it's good of you to let me stay here while the insurance company is repairing my cottage. It's been a pleasure for all of us, Mrs. Simpson. Well, almost all of us. <laughs> We get a good laugh as the dog continues to chase T-Bob and we fade to black and fade up into our PSA. Where a storm is happening while we hear the oomph from T-Bob. Hold it! You should always keep a flashlight where you know you can find it. Power failure over Boulder Hill, Nevada. Power should return in one hour. Matt reminds us that we should always keep batteries in them. Otherwise, they won't work. There's a there's a scene in my head, but I can't say it on on our G rated show. Um, <clears throat> Scott asks how many batteries it would take to get T Bob to work right. T Bob replies, "Very funny," and that's when we fade off with a chuckle. So I'm again almost afraid to ask. <laughs> Have um, we reached a one yet? No, no, <laughs> it wasn't a one. Um, here's some good things. There were some better jokes in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh at me. I, I'm I'm trying to be positive here. Okay? I know, but the, I, I again, I, I think of our comedian. I can't remember his name. That we used to, you know, it's cold in Buffalo, and I just yeah. kind of hear his voice with you saying, "Here's some good things." <laughs> there were some better jokes in this in the second half, mainly. Mm-hmm. But uh, Scott is still a chip off the old block. He's still using the puns when escaping from dangerous house fire situations i'm like ah, you're in danger and you're throwing the puns but uh you know t-bob's joke and i can't remember what the other one was that i was like that was a genuine laugh out loud moment i thought it was uh fun and they, t-bob wasn't using puns and still the i mean the i think the best part about the episode was the conversion shots of the vehicles especially boulder hill i mean uh uh, obviously, we didn't got Balder Hill, but uh, just a few times in the whole, you know, the, all the episodes that we've watched. So it's 
it's fun that we get to see it and get it to see it transform. And like you said, showing off some of the features that we might just assume are lasers and they're not, they're, they're different things. So that was good. Um, the battles are pretty good. Um, even though that first one was kind of indirect, mm-hmm. it was still, you know, you get two battle sequences in here. You can't complain about that. There was a lot of good mask use, but they were still inconsistent with the no commands. I mean, I don't think any of the Venom people, except for Vanessa, used a command when they're using their masks in the whole episode. When, you know, when Rax came up shooting stiletto darts, the, the torch fireballs to the coke machine and even powerhouse i don't know if i don't know if he used powerhouse maybe he did use a command with that he did but yeah i mean there's still several good uses there um we didn't get anything on the other side except for lifter what twice yeah so i don't know it would have been nice to have some some more mask in those battles and, and the damage to the vehicles too i mean like I said, that's always good when you're showing damage in, in real time, you know, or, or true to life battles with blazers and stuff's going to get shot up and <laughs> wheels are going to get flat. And <laughs> it was good that they show that. Um, we lost Gory for several scenes. This was more of a tick. We kind of lost him there, like when uh, Mrs. Simpson was held hostage, he wasn't inside with them. And then he kind of pops up again at the end when they're uh, in the, the the battle there with the when they're back at Boulder Hill for the second time. So I was like, well, wait, where'd Gory go? And you know, there he was at the end. So I was like, okay. So they got him back in the area. But I I don't know. I just I, from where I was at halftime, I didn't move it up or down. I was just still kind of in that. Nah, okay. There's some good <laughs> stuff. There's some bad stuff, and I thought it kind of equaled itself out. So I just landed in the middle. I'm, I'm gonna rate this one a three. Okay. What say you, sir? Well, like I said, the animation was pretty decent. Still, pretty decent throughout. I like that there was a lot of action going on with, uh, with the entire episode. Scott and T. Bob were involved in a good way. They weren't actually annoying. They were also not in the way or getting stuck and, you know, behind in the truck bed of firecracker, you know. Yeah. It would, like he was saying, it truly wasn't his fault this time that he was right. kind of in harm's way. So it was actually that, good. Good stuff. That was a good thing. Yeah. And the jokes were actually decent. Not, you know, like you often say, roll your eyes moments. T-Bob did put up a fight. I'll give him that, you know, pop cans, I guess will work. Uh, oil spills. Uh, his gadget arm to trip racks. That that was all good. I loved it. The stolen mint plates and the interest in Mrs. Simpson's car was great. It was a good mystery, at least for me, early on. Why were they after this car? Especially a broken down car at that. But it was a good reason for Venom to go back to Boulder Hill. Venom actually crippling Mask, which we you've already commented on, to see the mortality of the vehicles was was awesome to see. They were able to do the illusion as the ultimate weapon, basically, with the, the lifter flying uh, Thunderhawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fog was cool, like you said. Uh, I thought it was a good defensive measure, actually. We've already hit hit on the, the mask command. Some of them were, were set, some were not, mostly from the Venom side. 
The oddity that Jackhammer was completely automated, not just from the cab of the truck, but I didn't see didn't see Dagger or anyone got into the truck. So that's true. It kind of went on autopilot. Uh, the call up was decent, but like you said, I, I didn't think too much of it because it is a cartoon. But the fact that Mask is supposed to be undercover and Mrs. Simpson didn't realize who they were, even though Scott and T. Barber there with or without them being in their masks. Just saying. Yeah. All in all, I came down a little bit because I got tired of the, the little blunders with, with the mask commands. I'm at a four. Wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. I say they were little ticks, little little mistakes. Nothing for me, nothing big that stood out. Okay. Did you see any similarities to our script by chance? Um, I mean, just the fact that they were this is probably to our credit that we did a little bit of research and knew that they were in Nevada. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing that we kind of hone in on that area. Is it Lake Tahoe we use? I think in the script for uh, some scenes, which is it there in Nevada. Yep. yep. So that area that just what kind of stuck out to me is, is what we use in the script. Right. Yeah, we used Boulder Hill. In fact, I kind of sourced, took a lot of uh, Google Maps satellite images to try to figure out where we should place Boulder Hill. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I did, we did put in the script was uh, Jackhammer being crippled. Remember, we we spilled Jackhammer and we actually had someone, one of the, they were a later agent Mm -hmm. in the cartoon, but we brought him up. I think it was, was it Nash? I can't remember who we killed off. Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, we killed off Bruno in, early on. He was in the turret and got taken out. Actually, I think it was at the end battle. Yeah. If, I'm, I, if I remember right. Yeah. But what I mean is he was a later character. Right. In the cartoon, but we actually pulled Yeah, I think up. that was... Right. I think that was kind of like a pet peeve for us. We're like, okay, well, how... We see in one of the really early episodes, I remember there being a... Uh, uh, like a gadget that brought, I think it was Vanessa from the passenger side up into the turret. Yeah. Do yeah. You remember that? Just, yeah. So we were just kind of, let's get rid of all that elaborate stuff. And with Venom's vehicles basically being built from a junkyard, junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> let's just be practical about it and have two people in Jackhammer, one who would pilot the, the drive the vehicle and one would be in the turret. So you get two people and you don't have this one person trying to maneuver the turret, shoot and drive at the same time, you know, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that was, and I guess part of it too is, and we've seen dagger up in the turret driving. So he's, I don't know. I think that we just kind of hash that out and the, logistics of the whole matter we were like let's just put two people in there and then when jackhammer crashes uh bruno's stuck in the turret right basically so that's it but yeah that rounds it out for similarities that leads us mm-hmm. on to our ratings before we get to the fans and their comments right yeah the, the poll um we had 13 votes in the poll five votes for five four votes for four three votes for three Actually, that makes 12. How do we get 
five, four, three. How do we vote 13 times and we only get 12 in here? That's weird. Okay. Anyway, so we got 12 votes. I'm it trying says to refresh th- and see if it'll show me. It says 13 in the corner, and I'm only getting 12 from the hovering over it. Anyway, so you were definitely nine out of the 12 people, 67%, or is that 60? No, that's 75% are in the four or five range, and I was on the lower end at 25%. But yeah. Most people, and I would probably venture a guess that they like seeing Boulder Hill, and that was the main reason why they they rated this higher. But we've got two comments, two reviews from our listeners. Right, we got Renee Declare. A very enjoyable episode. Even though the mask agents are portrayed just as clueless as Venom this time, they could have avoided the first battle at Boulder Hill completely. And poor D-Bob wouldn't have gotten in the line of fire by remaining in gas station mode. I suppose it was the only way the writers could think of to showcase Boulder Hill's defenses. There were also more animation errors than usual in this first battle. Nice to see Buddy has rebuilt Firecracker for personal use and that he decided to join the mission, even though he wasn't part of the mass computer's selection. Mm-hmm. It was also surprising to hear Alex scolding Scott, and when Sly didn't complain when Mayhem commandeered Piranha, I gave it a 3 out of a 5 for originality, despite the minor flaws. That's actually a good point. I wasn't even thinking about it. Should have. We knew that Firecracker died off. So why is it back? Right, yeah. That was uh, that was a major... That was a big flaw. We should have marked both of ourselves down there. Yeah. That was a major deal when uh, Firecracker was melted. I can't yeah. remember which episode that was, and then you get Hurricane. So, obviously, these are not in chronological order <laughs> as we're watching them. I guess not. <laughs> and that All right. on to our favorite fan, Anna. Yep. Anna says, this is a really good episode. It's one of my favorites in the entire series. It's very different from the others because the entire episode takes place in the Boulder Hill area. And it's also one of the two episodes that we get to see the gas station at Boulder Hill transform, which immediately makes this episode a fan favorite. I love the character, Mrs. Simpson, and we get to hear a little bit about Scott's past. And I think Mrs. Simpson is really brave facing Venom when she refuses to tell them anything, at least until they threaten her dog, Cleopatra. And when she sabotages the cars at the end. I also like how Scott immediately starts to put out the fire when he escaped the burning house. And T-Bob shows great bravery when fighting Venom at the gas station. The episode also contains some good humor, like when T-Bob says he'd rather fight Venom than fix Mrs. Simpson's car. And his reaction when Venom then shows up and when Cleopatra bites Rax from inside the bag. Finally, we get to learn through the PSA that Boulder Hill is supposed to be in Nevada, which is always nice to know. The woman speaking on the radio in the PSA actually sounds a bit like Vanessa. I know it's the same voice actress Sharon Noble, but I thought it was quite cool that she sounded like Vanessa here. In other words, a really enjoyable episode. So thank you for that, Anna, as always. Um... I don't know. Maybe I'm turning a little bit towards the uh, three and a half mark. <laughs> the more I hear her and, and some of the other points that, that you're making. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards our, our first reviewer there and, and just the, the flaws were noticeable. And when that stuff kind of gets by me or when, you know, you tell, you usually catch it more than I do when it, I'm noticing a lot. I'm like, oh, come on people, right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I think that is part of the reason why this one is, was, was voted higher was you're getting to see Boulder Hill and it's in that area right. just kind of hanging out there. There's only a, a couple other episodes. There's one I remember where I think it's, uh, uh, it's the one where they are at the movie theater to begin the episode. And, uh, Scott, I think Scott takes off on T Bob from Boulder Hill up to wherever they were going, where the venom was attacking. It was kind of nearby. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that was neat that they're kind of in that area. And yeah, I mean, you know, I've showcased T-Bob's bravery in that little music video. Yeah. So yeah, it was good that he, uh, did what he could to keep him away. <laughs> Pretty impressive. But, uh, yep. So that'll kind of wrap up episode 54. And uh, we'll be going on to, obviously, episode 55 and our next review, Plunder of the Glowworm Grotto. And uh, this is where mass team member Julio Lopez goes to New Zealand to help a local tribe preserve their land. And while he's there, he discovers that Venom is plotting to steal pearls from giant clams that live in the ocean. So we're going to have to go on a uh, clam-saving mission to... uh, to stop Venom in the next episode going back outside of the U.S. And uh, I knew we, we usually don't stay in the U.S. too long in these no. stretches. Mask is truly a worldwide uh, cartoon. Especially <laughs> in the cartoon. The yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to keep in this groove. I want to keep... I'm ready to watch the next episode. Keep going towards that... Uh, Ultimate 75. That's it. We'll have 20 to go after the next one. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, man. Glad to be back in the studio. Yeah, I love this. And I um, hope you enjoyed it. Again, we apologize for the lengthy uh, respite. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it was for us from uh, talking about Mask, which is still one of our favorites. But thank you again. On behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. And thanks for joining us on MassCast. MassCast. <laughs> She'll talk. We have ways.